2: Welcome back to our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Mike you along with Herb Tyler. We're live at Acme Oyster House, 3535 Perkins Road in Baton Rouge. Come on by and visit us. Man, Jason, going to take care of you here in the restaurant at Acme and uh, got great food and drink specials here. Along with man, if you want to watch all the games, they got them all up now. Washington, Oregon, Washington up seven to nothing right now, and Texas A&M has got an early lead on Tennessee. So come on by and visit us. We'll talk some LSU and uh, got a great crowd here. So. Come on by and visit if you've gone to the game or just want to grab something to eat before the game or to watch the game. Uh, you can come right here at Acme Oyster House. Also want to thank Map Construction, Map Build. Build Beyond. Herb knows a little bit about Map Construction. Right. And uh, we want to thank them for being a presenting sponsor here on our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Heard one of the things, uh, uh, we had an Auburn fan walk up and say, you know, one of these two quarterbacks, they lousy. They ought to be in the Wildcat playing. Uh, so it goes to show even Auburn fans, and we had a couple of them pass as we were mm-hmm. doing the show, and, man, talked the same thing. Man, uh, the quarterback play there isn't good. You don't want to be the elixir for somebody who's not playing well at quarterback, but with the secondary the way LSU is so far – uh, it's all highly questionable <laughs> what Chris brought up about 119-119 on both sides. Something's got to give. Well, you
3: know, for me, with that Auburn fan coming up and saying that <laughs> neither one of those quarterbacks she, are any good. She was adamant too. At passing the football. Well, here's my thing is, well, put Ashford back there. Let him run the football. Yeah, I, I agree. With you. Let's just If we're going to run the ball 50 times and throw it 12 times, I'm good with that if I were Auburn. That's a, one of my questions to Chris was, You know, should Auburn look to have Ashford run the football more? I'm more with you on that. That's what I would do because I don't, you know, LSU's defense as bad as they are against the pass. Not that good against the run either um, over the past couple of few games. And so I think that Auburn can actually run the football pretty well with the quarterback, but they don't need to try to throw the ball. Let the ball stay on the ground and turn the clock out so you can keep Daniels off the field. Because I'm going to tell you, you know, Chris said that, LSU may put up 31 points. Auburn put up 17. I think LSU can put up 45 all day against anybody. I think we can score against the best of them. Daniels is that good, and our receivers are that good. And I think if you let Logan Diggs run the football like he can, we can be fine. We can put points up. Now, can we stop anybody is the question. So I really think that Auburn, in my opinion, don't even try to throw the football. Let Ashford run the football. or Even throwing. let
2: him run the football,
3: and then you use that run to open up the pass and get the ball over LSU's head. Next question
2: I was going to ask, and you brought him up about Logan Diggs because uh, he's really emerged from, man, what it was, seven guys in the backfield. Yep. And we hardly seeing Josh Williams, nope. John Emery Jr. Yep. We see Caleb every once in a while run the football, and he mm-hmm. does return uh, kickoffs. But, man, right now, it's it's been uh, Logan Diggs. He's yep. the guy. And what I'd like to see them do a little bit more with him because I saw him in high school do this and also at Notre Dame, catch the ball coming out of Mm -hmm. the backfield because it's like an extended handoff. You don't have to throw it that far downfield. And then he's one-on-one with a guy and he has shown the power skills and also a little bit of elusiveness to get away from the initial guy. Yeah. He's got a little shake and bake with him. Um, I I would like to
3: see that too. It's just, you have to be creative of how you get the ball to him, right? It, It can't just be with flares because it's, that's what the play calls for. I think you, in my opinion anyway, I think you literally draw up something that gets him an opportunity to catch the football out of the backfield at least four to five times a game, meaning once per every quarter, maybe two times in one quarter. And I think that I think that we have some other guys, too, that can do that. You can get Caleb in the in the mix with that. Emory think, can catch the ball. I think Emory can catch the ball. I think that, um, you know, Williams can do the same thing. But – I think that's a part of the creativity that you, you know, you kind of add to what your offensive game plan and scheme and playbook truly is, right? It's just some little one-off things that you create within the, the confines of that particular offense. And I, I have, that's one of the things that I think that we don't do very well is, is create plays for certain players to be able to, um, um, I guess, accentuate their actual abilities and what they can do. Like with Aaron Anderson, before he got hurt, you know, we saw some reverses here and there, some they little jet, jet sweeps. Yeah, But I don't think that's for him. I think you put him out and, and you allow him an opportunity to be in space already and get the ball one-on-one with linebackers so you be creative with motions, things like that. It, it's, it's, in my opinion, I think that's what you do. You line him up in the backfield and you throw a screen pass to him. I think that's the type of things that you should do. But hopefully we can get better with that. I say better, but hopefully we can implement that into our offensive game plan as, you know, as the, the coaches grow um, more fond and understanding of what their players, that they can do.
2: I did a show uh, last night with uh, Gabe from Sirius uh, Radio Network, and mm-hmm. he was asking me, of what's the difference between the 2019 team and, and this team? I was like, man, I'll give you one, well, I'll give you three <laughs> words. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. mm mm-hmm. Man, coming out the backfield, Clyde was really difficult to cover. And Joe liked that. And it wasn't just the little flare passes. They had patterns where he would go over the middle. or It was a short pass most of the time. But Clyde was so involved in the passing game. And I'll be honest, we haven't seen that since. No. Since uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire got picked in the first round by the Chiefs. We have not. And I think that's that
3: Joe Brady... um, um, it's almost a Sean Payton that's type right. deal. That's, that's right. That's exactly right. And so, we haven't seen it since. And I and are we going to see it with this group? Meaning this coaching staff? Maybe. I hope so. But you know, the difference that I see in those two teams was is is the offensive line play. Because the offensive line play in twenty nineteen. I thought was a little bit better. It allowed for that rushing attack to be better because Clyde can squeeze through some holes and make some things happen. You get one shot at it. That's right. And then he also catched the ball out of the backfield, and he was, I mean, extremely tough to tackle. I mean, he he still is to this day in in the NFL. He's still tough to tackle. But, uh, you know, it's it's a wonderful thing to see um, how we're at least trying to now in the last couple, two, three weeks, you know, involve Logan Diggs more in the running game. Involved the running backs more in the running game because Jaden Daniels was the only he was the leading rusher. Now, finally, he's not, and I mean by carries <laughs> yeah. and by yards as well. Yeah. So I am so happy and ecstatic to see that now. Jaden needs to do his thing. Those call run, you know, quarterback uh, uh, draws are absolutely phenomenal. He runs them like better than the rest of them. But I really don't want him doing that and getting hit in the way he's been getting hit. Uh, in certain instances. So I really do enjoy the fact that uh, we're trying to get Logan Diggs and more involved. I th- I don't know why we haven't seen more of Caleb Jackson, especially since he's been actually playing, because um, they they have been putting Josh Williams in before Caleb. Yep. Maybe that's just because of seniority, but I think that, oh, in my so, opinion, so pass protection. It, it could be, but I they don't put that him in there when mean, you're we, about to throw the ball, ball. ball to him. Yeah. That's what I think. I think the kid is a phenomenal player. He's got a, I agree with he's you. Got a huge 200%. upside. He's got 200%. a huge upside, and I think that's what we should try to showcase.
2: I'll never forget. I don't know why this popped in my mind, but uh, when Clyde was, you know, his final year at LSU, we'd have one guy, man, uh, I know how to tackle Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You got to get low under him. I said, low? How low? <laughs> he's no. five foot eight. How much lower are you going to get to get underneath his pads and bring him down? You're not playing football. You're limboing at that point. <laughs> man, this ain't sumo wrestling. No. Uh, at this point in time. So uh, Clyde was really something special yes. as a runner yes. and a receiver uh, for a guy that many pass blocking. And him. Joe would always talk about every once in a while, he said it would fall right at my feet. He would catch a guy blitzing from the interior and all of a sudden he tumble set him. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, the is like, will tumble, would fall right in front of him. Yep. And he said, I knew who threw that block. That's it right. was Clyde picked that guy up right. in the A-hole, and, and, and he caught him. Because you're not expecting, all of a sudden, Clyde makes that quick move, and he sort of tumble sets you into that. And, and Joe could kind of maneuver around there and throw the football downfield. I think uh, they trust Josh can do that. But I, I've always agreed on Caleb. Okay, don't ask him to pass protect. Put him out there as a receiver yeah. because he's a grown man out there on that field. He's, he's, he's not that. no 18, regular 18-year-old freshman. No,
3: he's not. He's got some speed. He's got some elusiveness with him. He's also got the power behind it, and he's young, and he doesn't know what he doesn't know. So allow him to just be and be free and let him play the game. And he, all he needs, in my opinion, like in a game like this, he may need four to five to six touches this game. That's it. We're not asking to get the ball to him 10 or 15 times. Get him the ball in certain situations <laughs> to, to, that's going to really showcase his ability of what he can do because he may just pop one
2: for Somebody just texted me a deal about Caleb's touching the ball six times a game already and returning kickoffs because their defense is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got a point about that a particular deal. Yeah. We'll be, but a lot of times he's just putting his arm straight out yeah, and the ball's yeah, right exactly. behind him, right? Exactly. Uh, we'll be back with more of our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show. Mike tell you along with Herb Tyler. We want to thank MAP Construction, always great sponsor here. And we're at Acme Oyster House, 3535 Perkins Road in Baton Rouge. Come on by and visit us. Again, great drink specials, food specials here. And you can watch all the games as you're surrounded by television. When we come back, we'll go have our Inside the Tiger Den segment brought to you by GoTax Resolution, your go-to tax resolution team. We'll have Jeff Palermo on from Louisiana Radio Network right after this break here on our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show.
1: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: We're back here on our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show. Mike, to tell you along with the great Herb Tyler here right here on your home for LSU, WWL, and free on the Odyssey app. We want to thank Map Construction for being sponsors here for our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. We are at 3535 Perkins Road in Baton Rouge at Acme Oyster House. Come on by and visit us. Got great food and drink specials here at Acme Oyster House in baton rouge now we're going to go to our inside the tiger den segment and it's brought to you by go tax resolution your go to tax resolution team g-e-a-u-x go tax go and on our oakland Heart jewelers talking text line we're going to have jeff palermo from the louisiana radio network jeff thanks so much for joining us this afternoon Jeff, I'm going to ask you, best memory you have, LSU Auburn, because they've had some crazy games in this series. I know what he's going to oh, say. Oh, man, yeah, that's, that's, that's a tough one. That is a <laughs> tough one. Um,
1: <laughs> I, I think, it, well, since, it, it, since it's a, an election day, I think uh, I'm going to go with Max Lynch to Demetrius Bird. Man, um, I think it, you know, about that, happened, that often. Uh, that happened on election night uh it was an absolutely crazy play i'll, I'll never forget in fact i was on i was on, i'm not exactly sure why I, I don't think wwl was carrying the game or something like that because obviously it was election night or something but i remember just um being on on the phone really uh, providing an election update to wwl and uh watching the game and <laughs> all of a sudden you know the, the time's ticking down and and then they, they're they they're in position, obviously. to kick a field goal, and then you see Matt Flynn go and you know, drop it back, and you're like, what are they doing? <laughs> and
2: and, and the Les took system. credit for all that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, you know yeah, that. He well, did. he had no clue what he was happening. He didn't know what was going he on. He didn't know what was going on at that <laughs> point. It was Matt Flynn. That, man, give yeah. that all to Matt to make that play yeah. happen and hit hitting yeah. Demetrius Byrd. Just by uh, Les' reaction, you knew he really didn't he call didn't, that play. Know. No, he, he, no he, he lost complete track of
1: time. And, uh, I mean, if Demetrius... Boy, <laughs> well, it wasn't the first time. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'll have to go with that one. And I would say a, a, a close second uh, would be, uh, I, I guess you go back to 2001, and when the game got pushed back, obviously it was supposed to be played yeah. the Saturday after 9-11, and it ended mm-hmm. up getting pushed all the way back. To uh, December, and that game decided who would represent the Western Division in the SEC Championship game, uh, and that was uh, it was a—you know—it was in December, cold night. Uh, you know the, the kickers are Auburn's kickers are trying to get on the field, and LSU's band is still performing, and there's a little bit of a shoving match, uh, and so that was kind of that. I would say that's a close second uh, for sure.
3: Yeah. Jeff, man, good to talk to you, man. I'm surprised you didn't go back to 1998 when I was um, quarterback myself and I ended up winning the uh, <laughs> Player of the week game, but that's all right. That's a different century. We'll worry about it later. Anyway, um, how does LSU fare tonight, man, against an a up-and-coming Auburn team, Um, what do you see that LSU has to do to continue from last week in order to to face what I think is a a very great rivalry against the Auburn Tigers? And how do you see LSU faring tonight?
1: Well, I I think uh, you just have to build on what you kind of started seeing, especially defensively in that game against Missouri. And I I think it starts with trying to force some turnovers, trying to force some negative plays, get Auburn behind the chains, um, Make them Mm -hmm. try to throw the football. I mean, this is usually—I don't know—it seems like you always see like you know there's a team's strength going up against another team's weakness. But here, it's weak weak, weak, weak versus weak, weak weak, weak versus weak, strong versus strong. You know, Auburn's good at stopping the run, and uh, they're good on defense. And obviously, LSU's terrific on offense. And then uh, Auburn can't pass, but and LSU can't defend the pass. So. Uh, You have to think that, uh, and I know Brian Kelly talked about it this week, that, you know, hey, Auburn, they just choose to run the football more than they pass. Okay, that's fine. But you can't just if you're an opposing team, you just can't sit there and say, oh, well, we're going to just come out here and run the ball 70% of the time. And I understand it's a lot of RPOs, so you you really don't make the determination on whether you're running the ball or passing the ball until you see the other team line up. But I think they got to challenge LSU secondary. And, and let's see if LSU's defense is uh, is ready for the challenge.
2: One of the things, Jeff, last year, they jump all over LSU. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like, you know, you walk in and did a bad cat jump on you and you're trying to get that cat off you. And, and you had a difficult time in the first half. Then I think Auburn got conservative in the second half, almost like LSU wasn't going to come back and win that game. And then it was our first sort of glimpse of Perkins. He comes up with an interception in that game, had a couple big stops on the defensive Mm -hmm. side, the football, and a turnover. But, (laughs) you know, I I get the fact that they're in transition now with Hugh. And, And I think Hugh's the right coach for this football team. I really think he is. Now, he's got to recruit better at quarterback, and, man, his first swing at the bat, mm, that cat he ain't too good throwing the football. We had two Auburn fans. I got to clean them up, so to speak. <laughs> because, man, they, they, they were doing some hussing and cussing about those quarterbacks for Auburn uh, as they left Acme Oyster House here. But you can see where he doesn't quite have everything in place. But Ron Roberts' defense is still fundamentally sound and they're pretty good in the secondary. But they're going to get tested today by Jaden Daniels.
1: Yeah, they will. And and I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what what kind of factor Jalen Simpson has in this football game. Yeah. Uh, You know, four interceptions on the season. uh, Not many completions uh, when he's in coverage on a particular receiver. And we all know how terrific LSU's receivers are. So how does that matchup play out? Uh, Is is Auburn able to get any kind of a pressure on on, uh, Jaden Davis? Can they somehow – tried to contain him just a little bit. Uh, you know, Marcus Harris has had a really good season for them to start off the year on that defensive line. So, yeah, they got some really good, capable players. Ron Roberts, who's a, a very good defensive coordinator, did terrific job terrific job as the head coach at Southeastern, was great at, at UL, and uh, did well at Baylor. So, uh, and really, to be honest, Baylor I, I think they're they probably been the same since he bit. left.
2: Yeah, They haven't so, been the same so
1: he, defensively. Yeah. So, so for sure. So, yeah. And I think so. And here's the thing, um, you know, for Auburn offensively, you know, coming off this bye week, with, did did they figure something out? Did they um, are, are they, you know, did they self scout themselves and recognize? Okay, we can do this a little bit better. You know, they're going to head They're going to show LSU some different looks coming off of this bye week. So this is going to be a game where you know, LSU is going to have to make some adjustments on the fly. And, And and that's why this is. It's just such a tricky game. Even you know, you look at the point spread, and you say, "Oh, LSU's favorite by eleven; they should win this game by double digits." But there's, I remember two years ago when, and granted, it was Bo Nix. Bo Nix is is one of the better quarterbacks in college football. But that Auburn team, man, just gave LSU all kinds of fits that night, and that was a slow starting game for Auburn. LSU got nothing on them. and then Bo Nix eventually all of a sudden started making some plays and then LSU couldn't tackle him and he hit some big plays. So this is this – is, and it seems like that's how this game has kind of played out here recently is, uh, you know, once one team really starts getting on a roll, it's hard for the other team to try to swing it back. It's been a, a, a big shift in momentum in these type of games, and it's, it's been interesting to see how it's uh,
2: panned out that, that way. Jeff, uh, I talked to Mason Smith, and he was like, man, I had a chance to make a play on Bo Nix three times, and he got away from me. He said, but that was just one play. He got away from me three different times, and he completes the ball. He said, you know, we we sort of had him, and we knew what he was going to do, but he would somehow maneuver it around. But he said then the following weeks, he was like, man, is that the same Bo Nix that beat us? Now I see what he's doing for Oregon. That's a different story. But he was a highly erratic quarterback at Auburn. Yeah, he was. Highly erratic guy. And that night, he was all world. Yeah, and I think probably
1: his two best games at Auburn were against LSU. Yes. He just yeah. seemed, for whatever reason, he seemed to really play well against LSU. Herb? No, I agree
3: with that. Jeff, look, this it's just, for me, this is one of my favorite games of the year. How do you feel about this game not being played every year moving forward after this year. What's your thoughts mm. on that?
1: Well yeah, yeah, this is the this is the negative about <laughs> this is this is the negative about the, the whole uh conference realignment. And, and uh you know I'm still kind of 50-50 on Oklahoma and Texas still joining the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll be getting uh,
2: used to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah, that that's and, reality. That's that yeah. Jeff I wanted to ask you you can elaborate a little bit more, but do you think the SEC will maybe accept a couple more teams? Yep. Because there's a, there's a lot of talk, Florida State, North Carolina being maybe the two target teams that the SEC would go after uh, if you want to expand. So uh, go a little bit about the Texas-Oklahoma, but also about future expansion yeah. that you could see Florida State and North Carolina Kind of tag teaming uh, with the other SEC teams too. And now you got it sort of all the way from the Atlantic coast into the Florida region. Now you got Texas, Oklahoma. You talk about some big markets for peeping eyes, people watching. And that's what the networks are concerned about. Well, and I think even though Florida
1: State has a, a better tradition when it comes to football than North Carolina. I think North Carolina is more of an attraction to the SEC than Florida State because it expands their footprint. You know, if they go ahead and add, you know, a lot of people think, oh, Clemson and Florida State, uh, they're going to join the SEC as soon as they get out of their their media rights deal. Mm. Well, but or the SEC is already in South Carolina. It's already in Florida, So, so that's not as far as dollars and cents wise. That doesn't, that doesn't move the needle for the Southeastern Conference. What yeah. has made the Big Ten's expansion uh, so uh, impressive is now they're out on the West Coast. Now they're in L.A. Now they're yeah. out in, or they will be out in Seattle. and They'll be out in Oregon, Pacific Northwest. And, uh, you know, even when they picked up, you know, the likes of Rutgers and Maryland. Yeah, it, it doesn't add to the talent value of the league. But it's adding eyeballs to the conference. Now you got big metropolitan areas like Washington, D.C. and New York, New Jersey, you know, watching Big Ten games because Rutgers and Maryland are involved in them. And that's – so if this – if the ACC somehow, if these schools are able to get out of their TV rights deal, I think they go after North Carolina. And if you go after North Carolina, well, you got to get Duke with them because that, you yep. want that rivalry to continue in basketball. So – I think for the SEC when it gets to that point I think they will they will go after North Carolina and Duke uh, before they go after Florida State and South and Clemson but the problem is it seems like the Big 10 has its ducks in a row I mean it wasn't yeah, it just a right. week, or, week or two ago they already got their schedule format the SEC can't figure it out they can't <laughs> they can't see. so it, it, uh, eventually they got to they got to co- eventually Greg Sankey's got to come in and say listen guys I know we get we got 16 teams or 16 schools that all have a different perspective on it, but this is what we got to do, and we're going to do it. Whether you like it or not, we're going to do it. And until then, we're just going to kind of be in this. Well, are we doing eight games? Are we doing nine games. We're doing it yeah, with. Uh, I mean, if the Big Ten can figure it out, the SEC should be able to figure it out. But yeah, it's going to be you know not playing you know Auburn next year. It's going to be weird because it's. It's been it's been a great college football rivalry. It's been a fun series, and uh, hopefully, um, we'll, these two teams will hook it up again in twenty twenty five.
2: Jeff, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Yes, really sir. appreciated all your insights. And hey, I, I heard you uh, making a, a TV call the other day, right? Nickel State. Yeah.
1: How about that? Uh, yeah, I was on the McDee's. I, I do the McDee's uh, home
2: TV gig. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And so, uh, man, I, I got to I uh, got to watch it, and I was like, man, uh, I, I put it on, and I heard the voice. It's like <laughs> me. You go somewhere. Oh, if they don't recognize you facially, they recognize the voice that's real right. quick. Yeah. So uh, that's great, man. Great for you. So thanks so much, Jeff. We appreciate it, buddy. All right, guys. You have a good one. Thanks. All right. All right. That's our Inside the Tiger Den segment. and was brought to you by Go Tax Resolution, your go-to tax resolution team, G-E-A-U-X, Go Tax Go, again, Go Tax Resolution. We'll be back with more of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show. Mike Detail along with Herb Tyler right after this break here on the Big 870 WWL, the home of the LSU Fighting Tigers. We're back here on our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show. Mike, to tell you, along with Herb Tyler. We're at 3535 Perkins Road, Acme Oyster House. Come on by and visit us. Got great food and drink specials here. Also, you can watch all the football games right now early on. Texas A&M with a 10-7 lead over Tennessee. And Oregon, 15-14 over Washington. (laughs) Oh, man. And this is pretty much what you expected between these two uh, football teams, both tough. Uh, they find a way, man, Washington got some great receivers. Herb, you'd love to throw these three guys. Uh, every one of them is going to play in the NFL. That's right. And, and they've really made it work uh, with Bo Nix, at quarterback there. But their defense is really good. But they're getting tested today. Michael Penix, who won the Manning uh, kind of passing award um, in there, and he told me the story, grew up in Tampa, Florida goes to indiana tears up his knee not once but twice. twice and then his coach went to washington so he decided to follow and he's pieced together a great season a year ago and now another fantastic year and uh, man throwing the football to rome uh gunze man you got something there yeah that guy is going to be a first round pick uh, when he's going to come out for the NFL draft, you start to see the talent, and I think that's been the big difference this year, where we concentrated so much on the SEC yep. or yep. or maybe what Ohio State, Michigan, yeah. and, and Penn State's really good this year too. Penn State is we'll good. find out next week yep. when Penn State plays Ohio State just how good they are, and can uh, Coach Franklin win that big game that everybody's yep. looking for. The big story really has been out west and what you've seen with Oregon, with Washington, Washington State, USC. Now their defense is every bit as bad as LSU's, if not worse. And UCLA – who is quietly... Man, mm-hmm. Chip Kelly has pieced this together there. And then you would figure, in the final year of the Pac-12, that has become the story in college football.
3: Yeah, it's just college football for you, right? It's just fun to see what those uh, guys are doing out there in the, Pac, uh, the Pac-12. And it's... it's Even last night when you watch the Colorado... In Colorado
2: with oh, Shadir.
3: Yeah, and then you also see Stanford, right? So you see what Coach Taylor is trying to do at Stanford to be able to bring that program to some sort of prominence. They were able to come back and, and, and win that game last night. So it's just fun to see uh, the Pac-12 play the way they are. And literally the Pac-12 probably has the top probably eight quarterbacks in all of college football. And it's and it's, not a one of them homegrown. And not one of them. They, they, they all are transfers, right, or, or transplants, whatever you want to call them. But being in that transfer portal helps help those schools out, and now they will disperse and go to different um, conferences. But it's going to be fun to watch the remaining this season, how that looks, because you're going to have some really good teams that's going to be left out
2: uh, of that Pac-12 championship game, if but, you will. But I do think this is the one year that the Pac-12 gets somebody in the Final Four. I, I, I kind of got to believe they're going to get one in there. One of them's going to get in.
3: I think one of them may get in, but what are they going to do when they get nah,
2: in? Now, nah, that part I don't know.
3: Okay, uh, That part now, I don't know. What I will say, though, is I think you're right about that. But they still, you know, they're, they're, there's some, even though everybody's not as good as they once were, they still are good. And so it's going to be interesting to see if the Pac-12 teams can still kind of hang with that Big Ten or Big 12 or SEC or ACC team that that they'll face in the, in the quarter, in the you know in the quarterfinals or whatnot or semifinals, it's going to be fun to uh, to watch that. But I, I'm going to say this: the quarterback play is going to be up to par. The, it's going to come yes. down to whether the defenses can stop the opposing team. And I really, I really, me being a former quarterback, I really enjoy seeing all these young cats get out there and do their thing, throw the football the way that they are, um, being as talented as they are with their you know with their legs. And then just being able to understand and decipher the defense is the way that they do. They get the ball out of their hands really fast, and they get into the playmaker's hands. And I really love it.
2: My thing about it is I hope I would face USC. Now, I would not want (laughs) to go against Caleb because he is an elite talent. But if you watch their defense, oh, my God. No, but here's
3: what I'm going to say about (laughs) the USC team. A friend of mine. Me and Marquis Spears, we call him Big because that's what he is. He's just a <laughs> yeah. you know. And anyway he um he and I were talking and he, he kinda mentioned it and I you know, I had to say yes, I kinda agree. I think that Caleb Williams is a great quarterback. Yes, he is. You know. But I think I think that Daniels is a
2: much better quarterback. I say much. In better. this year, yes. he's better.
3: Yes, because Caleb has made some mistakes throughout a, a bunch of games. He this was year.
2: lousy in the first half against Arizona,
3: I, 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 and he didn't play as great as he should have against Colorado too. When you watch that game, and so. Jaden Daniels does not make the mistakes that Caleb makes. So, if I'm anybody, I wouldn't mind playing against USC. Now, you can you can get either 100% great Caleb, or you're gonna get, you know, 65-75% great Caleb because he's gonna make some mistakes. He's gonna turn the ball over. He's gonna do something that's gonna be really weird about that game that he shouldn't be doing. But I think that um, if I'm anybody in the, I guess, Pac-12. I, you know, I don't want to play. I don't want to play Washington. I don't want to play Oregon. I, I, I'm okay with playing against USC because their defense. We should be able to put up a lot of points, and they shouldn't be able to stop us. And we can stop them at least two or three times because Caleb is going to make some mistakes.
2: Yeah, uh, I saw during the week USC that in their workouts. They had to do with a potato pump, and he was spraying the guys down with water yeah. uh, to simulate what the conditions would yep. be. That Notre Dame, what? Man, it ain't cold in Southern California. No. You can spray me down with water <laughs> all you want uh, during a practice session. That don't mean anything. Now, again, I guess that's to maybe get a little bit that better handle on the ball. Yeah. But, man, you're not simulating a heck of a lot. The cold and the wind. And that's something you can't simulate in Southern California. Yeah, when
3: we played against Notre Dame up in Notre Dame, there was nothing we tried to do here in South Louisiana to prepare for that other than worry about what the defense and the offense was doing. Cause the weather is a whole
2: different beast. You can't control that. You can't simulate that. We'll be back with more of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Mike, to tell along with Herb Tyler, live from Acme Oyster House, 3535 Perkins Road in Baton Rouge. Come on by and visit us. And uh, also special thanks to Map Construction, Map Build, Build Beyond for being our presenting sponsor. We'll be back with more of our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show right after this break. We're finishing up here on our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show. We're live at Acme Oyster House, 3535 Perkins Road. In Baton Rouge. Come on by and visit. want to thank Jason and the whole crew here. They've done, a, they've done a great job. Always super to hospitality here yes. at Acme Oyster House. Very also, great. Map Construction for being our presenting sponsor here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Herb, to finish it off, give us a few keys tonight for a win for the LSU Tigers, not the Auburn Tigers. Or like Bobby would say, Plainsmen. The play, <laughs> that's right.
3: So, <laughs> so, look, the first thing I think obviously everybody knows this, is the defense has to play well, right? What does that mean for me? I think that um, I really think that the LSU's defense is going to have to play really good run-stop football. I don't think that Auburn can throw the ball, but LSU can't stop the pass, so hope something's got to give, right? we are right taffy back to that again. Here. That's right. So, but I think if LSU can stop their run game and force Auburn the pass. I think that puts them in a, a situation to be successful on defense. Second thing is, I think we need to establish a run game ourselves. And I think we need to figure out how does that really look and not try to rely just on Jaden Daniels' uh, ability to throw the football 100% of the time. We need to try to find some fine balance with that, right? That's a, you know, 40 pass versus 30 rush or 45 versus 25 rush, whatever that looks like. I think that would be something that I would be looking forward to. And then I'm hoping that we can do something on special teams.
2: Make a, make a uh, play amen here. Amen to right? that.
3: And that's it. If we can get something going on special teams, I think we'll have a good game.
2: Herb, greatest always uh, to work with you. Yes, and, sir. So man, I'm we're going to throw it at LSU's Pregame Network. Remember, at 6 o'clock tonight, you can hear that Big game Fave. live right here on the Big 870. Uh, and Chris Blair will be calling along with Doug Morrow. And we're going to throw it to Big Fave because him and Brandon and the crew, they can That's take care right. of it. I know make, Fave yeah. can do that, that next two hours pretty good. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show.